Tashis Roy, if we had to translate that, that would be Tashis Red. But that's, there's a reason for that, and we're going to get into that today. We're going to get to know this brand new guy and his music, story behind it, all the scandals. <laughs> Tashis, hi, how are you doing? Good day, Janine. I'm very good. And yourself? I'm doing fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. Okay, let's let's get to know you as a person before we get into the talent, you see. Um, mm. Personality-wise, what do you do for a living? Family, you know, introduce yourself. Yeah, no worries, Janine. Yeah, so I'm Tashis Rue. I'm 37 years old, so I'm nearing that 40 mark in mm. my life. Um, <laughs> I definitely call myself Cape Townian, even though I grew up in Rudeport in Johannesburg. Um, I studied there at the University of Joburg. Graduated an honors degree in logistics in 2008. I then married my um, varsity sweetheart, Wanda, um, and we decided to move down to Cape Town in 2011. We now um, call ourselves Cape Townian, and we've got two beautiful boys that keep us very busy. Um, on the work front, I work full time in the retail industry at a discount retailer here in Cape Town, which I really enjoy and grateful for. But when I'm not working or when I'm not spending time making music, um, um, I enjoy spending time with the family. And I'm also a long distance runner. So, yeah, everything outdoorsy is what I do over the weekend. So, comrades, here we come. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about the comrades. I think you need a specific mindset for that. You're going to call yourself a long-distance runner and they not run the comrades. I mean, it's, it's one of those – it's compulsory. It's one of those things oh, that you have to have yeah. on the T-shirt. Okay, one day when I finish it, I'll say it's because of Janine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Duh. <laughs> but, but the running thing we've got to get into, but just before we get into mm. that, logistics. Mm. Why would you go study logistics? What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was probably the time when exports and imports was a big buzzword in South Africa. Um, international trade was was on the on the rise. And yeah, it just made sense to, to go and study that. Um, I started working in exports first, but then soon moved over to more um, a kind of analytical planning kind of role, which I enjoy. And yeah, it's it's really cool being able to make a difference in our country, um, contributing towards the eco economy and making a difference in our customers' lives. So what are we talking, like strategic thinking, planning, that kind of thing? Yes, exactly. So how much of what product needs to be in what kind of store, at what size level, um, what price we need to sell it at to be competitive with our competitors, making sure that we achieve our profit targets, those kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you don't do your job, the country's going to fold? Well, the company might fall, but <laughs> hopefully there will be some, some kids or, or parents that, that they won't be happy if they can't find what they were looking for. And then it's my fault. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's get into the running. So do you have lots cool. of issues, you know, that you need peace and getting rid of all the no. toxic <laughs> elements? And like, Why would you do long-distance running? Oh, man, yeah, it's definitely something I only started doing during, during lockdown. So, yes, I think then we all just needed a bit of an escape. And I just fell in love with it, to be honest, Janine. Um, I'm not one of those guys that run with my cell phone patched on my arm and with the earphones in. I, I leave all that fancy tech at home and I just go out, spend time in, in nature. Um, I allow God to, to speak to me. I think about stuff. I sometimes write songs while I'm running. I think of lyrics and contemplate scriptures and those kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's something I really enjoy. Um, I do road running. So I've done, I've done a full marathon. I've done a few half marathons. Um, maybe one day comrades, but I just do road running to get fit enough so that I can do um, trail running. So going up Table Mountain or the mountains in the area is definitely one of my favorite um, hobbies that I really enjoy doing. 
So with this running thing now, <laughs> mm -hmm. you do le meet a lot of like-minded people out there. Although if you're going to do trail running, that is more isolated. The, the road sure. running thing, you've got to be okay with thousands of people around you, spitting yep. and doing snot rockets and all of that in front of you. <laughs> and then you've got to, and then, <laughs> and when you're tired, the nice thing is that that everyone around you looks tired as well. There's something yes. special about suffering together, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it sounds like you, you're speaking out of out of experience there. So, yeah, I definitely I remember when I did the, the Cape Town Marathon two years ago, I had a, a snot rocket kind of dude next to me and he just inspired me to run faster. You know? yeah. and, I, and I finished the head of him. <laughs> I had it. They, they were in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> now that's bad. Oh, oh man! <laughs> but there is something beautiful when you're talking about running. If you say you did the half marathon and then you got to the full marathon, it's yeah. it's like this this development where you find out, oh my word, I can do a half, and then oh my Absolutely. word, I can do a full one. There's there's a, a revelation of your own capacity the more you do it. Absolutely, yeah, and it's all in the mind. It, it feels like when you set out to do a 10k on the day, when you get to kilometer eight then you start feeling tired when you set out to do 20 at 18 you feel tired so i suppose there's something about just progressing to the next level allowing your mind to or fooling your mind to believe that <laughs> you, you are able to do this you know <laughs> and and do you when you run have internal fights with people as in what you would have said to them you know it's like it's like um thinking through life's problems with a luxury oh, yeah. of time Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's no interruptions. You know, it's just you and your mind out there. Um, so definitely. Yeah. You, you, you prepare for certain difficult conversations that you know you might have in the near future. And um, yeah, it allows you that time of reflection. I think in this day and age, we aren't as interruptible as we used to be. And, and as Christ followers as well, I, I believe that we need to be interruptible. We need to allow the Holy Spirit a moment to to say, hey, buddy, what about this thing? Or I'm going to send someone across your way that, that I want you to inspire or and speak life into a situation and yes to to be out in the nature like that without any music or people speaking um, definitely creates opportunity for god to move in that way <laughs> and you can't run away you're already running <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about what about the spiritual parallels because obviously mm. even paul refers to running the race and finishing the race and that kind of thing there's lots of spiritual lessons to be learned on the road as well isn't it oh, definitely yeah and it speaks about perseverance now when, when even when you when you hit the uphill to to say god i know that you are still with me even though this hill seems like it's never going to end um and definitely on the nutrition side too you know like yo we, you can't think that you you have a two liter bottle of water waiting for you at the end no you need sustenance while you're running you know and that's that's i think why god calls us to daily devotion with him to spend time with his, with him in his word um, allowing him to feed us um, along the way, you know. So yeah, you're so right. And yeah, small that's, goals that's as well. Something like something like if I can only make it to the end of this road, not walking. Yeah. Little little goals gets you just as far as the one big one. Definitely, yeah. And you're so right. And sometimes we we feel called to to do a sprint to say, okay, this this next hundred meters is going to be, I'm going to do it as fast as I possibly can at the best of my ability. And other days it feels like no, it's a it's a bit of a long, slow kind of drive. So it teaches you that patience as well. Just yes, down in the Cape, you must have beautiful places to go running. If you say that you're oh. getting into trail running, you must have yes. beautiful spots there. Oh, Janine, I can't even tell you, and, and I don't want to make our listeners um, envious, but oh, we are blessed for um, for outdoor space that we can go and run. I even take my dog with me every now and then. 
um, into Newlands Forest and we, we run through there. Oh, it's just beautiful. And the cool thing is it's free. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. <laughs> well, the tackies are expensive, but the road is for free. <laughs> oh, my word. Tell me about that. Yeah. And our Strava tells me after 600 kilometers, I need to replace my tackies. I'm like, but they're brand new. I just got them like five months ago. Exactly. But Strava Strava's, is rich. We're not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I tend to push my takis closer to a thousand kilometers. Now. Only a thousand? Oh, you conservative. <laughs> so conservative. <laughs> Tash is nine, man. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to the music because I am Ooh. fascinated with this thing that I can hear a song and the voice yeah. singing the song, a great mm-hmm. production maybe, but that mm-hmm. there's someone behind that song making the the music um, and it coming from someone's experiences and everything like that. You you wrote yeah. this song, and E is the lever. So obviously, yep. you did a little life before you get, well, even before you started making music. How did the music yeah. thing start out in the first place? Yeah, so I think I was privileged enough to grow up in a house that, that music was always around. I won't say my parents were crazy music fanatics, but there was definitely always music playing. And we had a piano in the in the lounge, which was great. So you can play around as a little kid. And um, it was always there. My dad also had this old school Yamaha nylon string guitar laying around. Like and whenever good. my brother and I um, like got bored and we walk into the, the study, there was this guitar and we would take it out and play around with it and detune it and, um, and, and see what we can, what kind of tunes we can come up with. So it was always there, which I think is good. And, I, and that's definitely something I'm instilling into my own kids' lives um, at the moment as well. Um, but probably when I was um, 15 years old, standard seven, what do they call it? Grade nine. Um, <laughs> then my love for making music probably started. And um, I started playing around with this thing. And it's like, okay, this is cool. But then... Uh, you know, you you reach matric and it's a cool thing to be in a rock band and you do rock bands at kind of dodgy like um, venues and th- those kind of things. But then my life drastically changed when I got saved and I committed my life to Christ um, when I was 19. That's what, 18 years ago. And I, I started making music. Not all the music I make is, is gospel, but I think all the music I make definitely has a, a positive spiritual under underwriting in it. And there's always a, a positive message that, that comes with it. But, um, yeah, it's been my privilege to be serving as a worship leader at our church um, here in Bloberg um, for the past couple of years. And that's just forced me to keep in that habit of, of making music, listening to, to good music. And I suppose that inspired me to write the song, Janine. Because if you are a music creator... It's very mm. hard not to compare yourself to everyone who's out there making music. And that can either be a good thing or a really, really bad thing. I mean, yes. be- people try to emulate people and they sound th- like them too much or they influence. Sure. They- it's, it's hard to be unique when so much stuff has gone out through all the ages. Absolutely. How yeah. do you find when you, when you create stuff? And obviously, you the music that you can you create can be tested there at your own congregation as well. To put yes. anything out there is a bit of a risk, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you don't know how people will receive it. You know, like it, it really depends on, on on the lyrics and the vibe of the song. Is it is it deep and reflective, or is it nice and upbeat that creates just this this good feeling in in your heart? Um, I think like. And you'll see also most of the songs that I that I do write is Afrikaans. I never thought I would be an Afrikaans artist, to be honest. I, I didn't listen to much Afrikaans, Afrikaans grow, growing up. But I recently just found that it's a lot easier for me to express my own kind of feelings and faith um, through my mother tongue, which really helped. 
And also, there's, it's, it's unique, you know. When you, when you do something in English, you know you're competing with millions of, of artists acro- across the globe. Where when it's Afrikaans, you know it's, it's, it's for a specific smaller target market. And I suppose, yeah, that's something that I've enjoyed. I'll definitely still write songs in English, but I would say probably 70% of the time it would be um, Afrikaans in my mother tongue. But yeah, as you say, it's really cool to be able to, to write a song, pitch it on a Sunday at church, and then have the con- congregation singing it with you. That's, that's really fantastic. It's a, it's a great feeling that you say, okay, cool, God, you're using this thing not only for my joy, but for your joy and for the upliftment of the community. And when they sing along to your song, it must be very meaningful to to create something, especially if it's worship and they can actually connect with God on a song that that you wrote the lyrics for. So true, Jenny. You know, that's really something special. And yeah, that's definitely some some of the sweetest moments I've had in my life. It was definitely something like that. So yeah, making a difference. One song at a time. Is your church very open to new music? I mean, lots of churches obviously want to use the songs that people know already because it's easier to worship on. To learn mu- new music, you need a special sure. congregation for that. Yeah, no, we're very open for, for different kind of things. We also purposefully sing songs in other languages, um, just even if that language is not represented in our community, you know, um, just to, to instill that sense of we are part of something bigger. We serve the same God globally, whether you... Um, speak Mandarin or Spanish or Afrikaans or or, or closer. You know, it's 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 something special to be able to sing another song with the subtitles below and say, realize, wow, um, there's different ways to worship this God, but it's the same God that listens with the same kind of ears. You know, so no, definitely we we do a lot of internal songs, a lot of um, well-known artist songs, and also every now and then um, some some upcoming artists. Um, this is band in Joburg that um, you really enjoy. Um, playing their music in church, and I think they're called "We Will Worship." Um, it's it's most, mostly um, Zulu um, written songs. Yeah, we know those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Facing a lot of this stuff. The conundrum with music is mm. that you want to create something that people like, yeah. and. And in um, industry terms, we call it commercial. You make music that is easy on the ear, that's got a nice hook that people can connect with and so. But in Afrikaans music, the result of that has been a predictability, you know, that that it sounds like (laughs) every Afrikaans has got the doof, doof, doof thing going and you just have the right predictable chords and there you've got a beat and and, and everybody likes them when they get to the festivals. So you've got this conundrum that... People want this. They've, they've sort of been conditioned to like that kind of music. But you want to be unique because God's mercies are new every morning. And if anyone can make music, it would be God himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. is, this, is this something that's hard for you to create something new and, and to convince people to consider something new as something worthwhile listening to? Yeah, I suppose, and, and and you're so right. Like I think the the Afrikaans music industry has has become um, a bit predictable. I think we we still blessed with with good examples. Like if you think of a Retief Berger or a Rihanna now, those guys are super unique in 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 their approach. And um, it's more like I tend to take a lot more notes from 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 their books compared to the the the, the, the pop artists in our country, you know. So so that's definitely it. Um, I think from from my perspective, like. I, I read an article a few years ago that said each song has to have a, a lyrical hook. So there has to be a sentence or two that's that's so catchy that even if you are in 
the airport in the bathroom and for some reason you start you start humming this tune that's the kind of song you want to create you know or when you walk into church or when you're in a meeting or when you're in a difficult situation you want to create something that that someone can remember um so that they can say okay oh, that's how the song starts and then they start humming and singing your song so firstly a, a lyrical hook so words but also a melodical hook you know so a, a tune or a uh, we'll see in Afrikaans a vaisi mm. that, that's recognizable, that's unique to your song alone. That whenever you are, if, if that three or four notes gets played in, into sequence, you say, ah, oh, I think that is an Eerstad Lever by Tashis Roy, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something I take into consideration when, when creating music to say, okay, this is the idea I have of the song, but what is going to be this hook that's going to make it unique and stand out from the rest of the stuff? Okay, well, they're going to get to know your name now, Tassus Roy. Why the Roy? Okay, so double meaning there. So my, my surname is Van Royen. So that's obviously the obvious one. So Roy, I, I don't have red hair. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think Ed Sheeran is, is rocking his red hair, but that, that, that's unfortunately not you what I was You can color it, you know. You can join the ranks. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going gray now, Janine. So it's a far away from red. <laughs> but that's that's the obvious reason. But I purposely didn't use my surname in my in my artist name um, because I want to sing songs about Christ mostly and songs that that carries a message of of the gospel. I just I, I thought to myself, what word can I include that that carries something of who I am, but also um, who Jesus is. And I think Roy just came up because I thought of the blood of Jesus. I said, wow, like what if I can put that in my name without saying it like that? And then hopefully someone will one day ask me, why Roy? So thank you for asking that question, Janine. Um, <laughs> I've been I'll waiting be for this one for so long. <laughs> You're definitely the first. And I purposely also made it a lowercase r, um, not a higher case, because I said, it's not about me. It's it's not this this music is not for me to get famous, but it's it's for me to bring glory to God. And it's because of his blood that, that I am saved, that I am where I am today, because of his grace. Um, so hopefully that message of God, of Jesus' blood that we believe there's power in comes through in my music. Okay, so if people want to connect with you, socials, mm -hmm. any want to book you maybe to come perform anywhere in the country, how do they do yeah, this? Sure, yeah. So I'm available on, on all the um, platforms. Um, I release my music across all, so whether it's Apple Music or YouTube Music or Spotify, um, I'll, I'll be there. I can answer any any um, likes or comments that they make on social media, whether it's Facebook or um, Instagram. Um, I'm all over the show. Obviously, at this point, as I said, like I'm, I'm still working full time. But yeah, who knows? It would be so cool to start um, going around and performing and, and producing songs with, with other um, artists. I'm also quite keen to do collaborations. But yes, definitely, if my music can be a blessing to people across the country, then um, that will bring me much joy. And then we're going to play your song, in E is the Lever. But I found mm. that you write it with one intention, and it's not necessarily heard with the same meaning that you wrote it with originally. Sure. So now you've got the opportunity to explain it. What is that thing that you want us to yeah. hear when we listen to your song? That's fantastic, Janine. Thanks for asking that question. Um, yeah, so in a nutshell, the song is about life. It's about life through Christ. And um, we, we live in a day and age where we are faced with so many uncertainties at the moment, you know, difficulties, struggles, whether it's, um, as we say today, whether it's load shedding or financial difficulties or strained relationships or health issues or the economy. There's just so much that, that can um, bring us down and we can almost get stuck in this black hole of negativity. You know, it's so easy for us to do that. Um, but as Christ follows, I believe that Jesus is calling us, his children, 
towards the light and to find joy in him. So this is what the song is a reminder of. The chorus goes, Die liefde is groter, die liefde is sterker, die liefde kom en ontwaak my in eerst haar leven. And translated, that says, your life, Jesus, is, is greater. It's stronger than anything we can we can face on a day-to-day basis. Your love come to awaken us, and we know because of that that there is life in you. And this song is inspired directly, if you listen to the lyrics, directly to two um, pieces of scripture. The first one is Habakkuk um, 3, verse 17. And I don't know if you've ever heard that Afrikaans old hymn that says, mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's definitely the idea that sparked this song. But then when I read the, the scripture, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the field produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in this in the stall. So it's it creates this, this negative, this bad environment. It says, Yes, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And that's that's literally what the song does. It says, Yes, you, you might be faced with all these things, um, but Jesus is still in control. He's still the Savior and um, that there's life in and through him. So yes, I hope that that can mean something to someone out there.